Hey guys, and welcome to Mindset Body Bank. I'm Rob Palante. This is the show where I interview real people who share their real stories of overcoming obstacles and adversity and uh, committing and going all in with their attitudes and their determination to succeed at uh, whatever their sport or um, their purpose is. Uh, today, I got a, <laughs> I got a great show. Um, I've got two brothers, the Pinizzato brothers, who grew up um, a few years behind me, about 15, in, uh, in, in an area not far from where I grew up. Both of these guys, uh, and there's actually a third brother who wasn't able to be on the show, but the two of them, um, Jason and Steve, both had long, successful professional hockey careers, um, including Europe, and Steve even got a sniff at the NHL. Uh, with a handful of games um, and completely being an underdog, being undrafted in junior and an undrafted professional, signing a contract as a uh, as a walk-on from college um, and getting an opportunity to, uh, to don a couple of NHL jer- uh, jerseys. So they're going to share their stories on their roads to success um, and they're going to share their stories of, of their family and growing up in, uh, in a home with three boys playing hockey uh, and uh, Jason ruling the roost as the older brother and poor Steve getting beat up and picked on, which probably, as you listen, um, is the reason why he became the player that he was. So, um, so thanks for joining again. Please, if you get anything out of this, like, share, leave a comment um, and, uh, and let people know that we're out there. So here we go, the Pinizzato brothers. You know what I heard, man? I can't believe this. All so- right, so we're recording, boys. Today, guys, I got the Pinizzato brothers on with me. This is going to be a first, uh, first time I've had two guests on at once. And um, you know, you heard the intro. These guys come from a hockey background. We're going to jump into uh, into the interview here. I got Steve and Jason with me, um, just for the sake of our audience. Guy, who's older? Uh, that would be me. Jason's Jason's saying he's older. Four years older than Steve. Steve with a big smile on his face and his Movember stash going. Boys are looking good. (laughs) So guys, typically what I like to do is start off with a you know a little bit of what you're doing right now, and then we're going to get into the background on and kind of the backstory on how you grew up and how you got to where where you are today. So um, so Jason, being the the older brother, you get to go first. Yeah, all right, uh, Rob. So now, uh, nowadays, pretty much continued from. Uh, I mean, yeah, we played a lot of hockey, and I played a lot of hockey in my life. And you know, I, I pretty much putting the skates on as much as I as I did back when I was playing. Uh, now with with coaching and and training and and doing, you know, lessons, private lessons, and small groups, and um, and uh, we, we, we run all the Oakville Rangers development programs between me and my two brothers too. So I, I'm, I seem like I'm putting on the skates just as much as I did while I was a player and as, as a coach and trainer and developer now, I guess. So yeah, pretty much that, that's pretty much it. It's just strictly hockey, just like, you know, it's, it's basically what we know or what I know. So it's what I've continued with and, and that's pretty much. It's, a, it's an easy transition much. to stick with something you love, right? Yep, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Steve, you're up, buddy. What's happening? Not too much. Thanks for having me on here. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, just say, like kind of 
go reiterating what he said. Um, I came back. I just retired last year. I kind of my two brothers, actually Jay and my other middle brother Mark. Um, they kind of had their their program going to teach kids with the Oakford Rangers, and I came back. I kind of jumped on that a little bit. Um, as for coaching, Jay's more involved with the head coaching part. I'm more, I'm more the assistant, kind of like not involved as much. And you know, aside from that, I'm kind of doing some other stuff with schooling and trying to get a maybe some kind of business started as well. Um, I think you know, like you said, the knowledge in the game, just being around it for so long, it's it's hard to leave the game. Especially, you know, you, you kind of want to teach the kids what you've learned. And that's kind of a little bit of a, an idea of what we were trying to do with the with the Rangers and stuff. But, you know, more to that, I don't want to make that all my focus, but I want to move a little bit out of that too as well, but always involve hockey as well. So that's kind of where I'm standing for right now. Well, I think it's a pretty unique situation. You got, you know, two, three brothers. You know, we could have had your other brother on and made it a real party, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, the Oakville Rangers certainly get an opportunity to work with, um, you know, a bunch of individuals that have, you know, uh, 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 clearly the love for the game and a lot of knowledge behind them. So good for them. So guys, what's the, what's the name of your, uh, your, your, your coaching, your teaching school? What, what is it called <laughs> just for everybody listening so they can look you up? We'll get back into that at the end of the game. Yeah, for sure. Our business is, it's called P3 Hockey Academy. It's p3hockeyacademy.ca. Pretty simple. And, and yeah, we've, we're, uh, I mean, I'd say, you know, most of our business is pretty much run in Oakville, but we've, we've got out, we've gone out a little bit to Mississauga Milton, but I mean, we've become, you know, kind of more of a staple just within Oakville. So we all live in Oakville right now. It's just, it's just easy like that. And, and what uh well you, you know it's it's a, it's a great community and and there's uh, certainly a love for hockey in, in oakville um and just for the folks listening these guys are a few years younger than me so i had the opportunity to meet up with them um probably a week or two ago through a mutual friend uh, uh eddie Choi. you'll hear his podcast on here as well um and uh you know sitting down and, and having lunch with these guys you know, there's a, there's an immediate connection. Obviously we've got the hockey background with each other, but you know, what I like to do is I like to bring people on that have a story and um, getting to, getting to know each of these guys and, and their stories. I think that there's, um, there, there's something that, that we each can share that would be of value to, uh, to you guys listening, whether you're a young athlete or whatever sport you're in, there's a sense of resilience and confidence and, and, uh, um, it, you know, continued accountability that I think resonates here. So, so why don't we start, uh, you know, let's give, give a little bit of a background. Maybe we start off with, you know, the Pinizzato family and three boys growing up together. <laughs> give us an idea. I'll let you guys kind of carry that conversation where you grew up, how you got involved, who was the leader, who, who was, you know, the brother that, uh, that everybody looked up to. Uh, all right. Uh, so we grew up in Lauren park. We're, we're Mississauga boys. You know, we went to Lauren park high school and uh, growing up. Um, yeah, we, we grew up, we were all playing all GTA or MTHL players back then. And I mean, I think we spent just as much time on our driveway and in our courtyard playing, uh, you know, playing the hockey and baseball, whatever sports, you know, as we did at the actual arenas. We were, it was back in the day when before all the fancy phones and all the uh, fancy electronics. So we, we actually went outside and played outside back then. And, and that was the best, those were the best days. And I think, you know, going back, you know, just quick story-wise. I mean, we're all we're all somewhat a little bit different, and 
you know, I, I was maybe a little bit more laid back, a little bit more calm, I guess. And um, Steve was the total opposite of that. And Mark might've been somewhere in the middle where he can kind of play both roles, a little bit of a nut job and then a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more. Are you, calm are you, call, are you call, calling your brother a nut job? Well, I mean, I'm just putting it into perspective for hockey guys, you know, and that, that's probably what people would know Steve of or think of him anyways, as if they, if they were talking about him, but uh, you know, there were, I, mean, I think I, there was, you know, we played road hockey and shit back in the day. And I, you know, Steve fractured a bone in my ankle once just with a slash, just because I stole the ball from him. Like, you know, just, you know what, going back and cut you off here for a second too, but going back and looking out and talking about the court, like having the court as like a family and like, I think that played a huge role as too, a huge role for us too, because, you know, we can go outside. You don't have to worry about cars driving by all the time. You literally play. Also too, we look back, nobody had cell phones like we do now. So the, like the kids aren't sitting there playing the video games. Like we were literally, it's no joke. We were outside every day from morning till night. Like, yeah. we were like now, you, see, you guys were right at the end of, or the beginning of the, the, the technology thing, I think. Right. So I was, I was the same as you guys. I mean, we didn't have that, you know, we, if we wanted to go and do something. We went outside. Nobody sat around, you know, video games just started to come in around the time that I was, you know, in the end of grade school and it wasn't something that I was really interested in. And, and, you know, being a young hockey player, that's where we lived. We lived out on the road, road yeah. hockey, streets yeah. against each other. Having a court <laughs> would have been amazing because we used to always have to do the car, pull the nets aside, <laughs> you know, and, and pause. And, you know, and eventually that turned into trying to slide the ball under the, under the car and hitting the side, <laughs> you know, cool, firing man. snowballs and all that kind of shit like kids would do. But th those are great that's memories. It's crazy. And that's like, so like you said, like all our focus pretty much went to that in the hockey. Nothing was like kind of deteriorating that, but then, yeah. So more to your question. And like, we grew up, we would play through the GTA or MTHL, GTHL, um, Jana going on to the OHL and obviously the, the older brother, like we all, we all look up to him and the OHL at the time, like that was the next best thing to the NHL, obviously for young kids um, in the area. You know, the, the, I think the Ice Dogs were kind of new at the time, too, as well. Yeah. Anyways, Jan up going to the OHL, and then for, for us, too, like, that was the next thing we wanted to, but we, we couldn't get there. Like, Mark and I, we ended up doing the junior route, but, yeah, that's that's so who, who would you guys play for in the, in the well, the MTHL, the G now? Just so any young guys listening might be able to relate. Well, when I was when I was really young, it was like, um, when it was double A, when I was double A to, like, Adam and stuff, I think it was, like, so Mississauga North Stars and Terriers, and then yeah. it was Don Mills Flyers, and then it was Mississauga Reps until uh, until I was uh, Bantam, and then I skipped Midget and went to the Oakville Blades uh, Junior Team. Maybe and it was back then. It was you know back then. So we had there wasn't as many. I don't know. I don't even know what the junior ages are now. But uh, back then there wasn't too many. You know, sixteen year olds playing Tier Two Junior A at that no. at that time. So there was two on our team. And yeah, and I ended up leading our, our Oakville team in goals that year as a 16 year old. And that's what kind of got me drafted fairly high to the OHL. But uh, yeah, the, o the OHL, the OHL thing, I mean, I was all pumped for it and stuff, but it didn't work out perfect. I had some good times and bad times here and there, but it, at the end of the day, you know, it probably wasn't my, it probably wasn't overall the best. Uh, it didn't work out the best for me. And I, oh. you can't control some things here and there, but you just keep kind of plugging away at, and plugging away. And then, you know, I still ended up having a 13 year professional career and yeah. a hell of a lot of fun. So 
No, like, no, I can no. certainly relate to that. I mean, you know, I had the same pro experience when I went to college. But um, going back to who you played for in minor hockey, Steve, where, who, who, who did you play for? Did you follow your big brother? Yeah, so, yeah, no, it was a little bit GTHL, yeah, but I want to add to his story a little bit too. So Jay actually got, he missed that part, but he actually got some offers from like St. Lawrence University, which is pretty, yeah. pretty good school. And, uh, you know, at that time, like, again, the OHL for Canadian guys, Toronto boys, like that was the play for the guys. Uh, I mean, now- It was the quickest way to the NHL, right? If you thought you had a chance to make it, you go to the O. Yeah, exactly. And then now, so now I'm coming to my story, Playing that, I ended up doing the, the opposite route. I went NCAA, but yeah, going back, I started in. Uh, I mean, I started with the the Toronto Red Wings, and I'm moving to them. They were at Chesswood at the time, and I'm moving yeah. to the Marlies. We were at George Bell at the time. After that, Don Mills, or no, that might have been before shit. <laughs> Don Mills. I was the same. I was a Marley and a Red Wing, and I played one year with the. Uh, I went down to Double A, and I played a year of Double A in Bantam because I was too small. Believe it or not, looking at me now, I'm big fucking mumbleoo. Yeah. But you know, I I didn't grow a whole lot. I was five four going into Bantam, being a captain of the Marleys for the year before. So I had to go play a year of Double A as a defenseman. Uh -huh. Grew yeah. eight inches, and then went on to play with the Red Wings. So I did it opposite of you. <laughs> Hey, that's the small part. I, so I did that. I did the GTHL. I'm going back to OMHA. I tried it for the Blades. Couldn't make that team. Went back and played Midget Rangers, uh, Oakville. But I might have been the smallest. Same thing. I was probably the smallest guy on the team for sure. I mean, I didn't even have a sniff at the OHL at all. And then after that, I ended up finishing up in Oakville for four years. And then I, get, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship with uh, RIT in Rochester, New York. But um, so there, there's a there's a connection that we didn't even know when we met. My brother was an RIT uh, uh, graduate as well back uh, a few years before you because he's only a couple of years younger than me. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, so what so, was it? What was it like growing up? Tell us a little bit about your background in the house and you know uh, Pinizzato. That's um, that's Irish, right? I'm pretty sure. What's that, what was that like growing up? Three boys in a in a home. <laughs> Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being facetious to our listeners. <laughs> For sure. Um, and it was like so. You know, it's growing when you get older. You kind of realize it's like growing up with one kid. It's a lot of work. Two kids. You know, two girls. A lot of work. And then you think like three bro, three boys. Like that. That's how. That's insane. So, the thing like it just explains it all. Like it was pretty much a disaster. A lot of fights all the time. You know, a lot of a lot of competition. I think a lot of that tells who we are today with the competition. We did that, not like growing up doing that all the time. Like always wanted to be the best guy at whatever we did. That's, you know, it's always the internal competition that made this pretty competitive. So, um, again, the, the, even the even the year separation, like we're all two years apart. So, I mean, I feel like we had a pretty good growing up. So, Steve, were you picked on being the youngest? Yeah, I mean, I got my lumps all the time. But, yeah. Again, like, I think do, with that happening, it, it related to me on the ice and kind of figuring out what I needed to do, to move along. So I think yeah. it's all – It's I think those are kind of good experiences. You know, there's shit while it's going on, but, I mean, we look back, those are pretty valuable for myself. So yeah. we, had, we had pretty committed parents too, right? Like they well, were, you have to, for sure. They, they were – yeah. Whatever we needed for sports, sports was huge, and like it wasn't just hockey for me; it was, it was big time baseball too. And okay, whatever we were, whatever we were doing sports wise, whatever we needed, wherever we needed to be, and all that kind of shit. Like they were, yeah. they were there wherever we, they were right there, ready to take us wherever, and all that stuff, right? So that's that's obviously huge for everyone that's growing up and playing competitive sports like we were. And they had three of us, so it's 
little extra work than you know the family with only two but they did everything they could too so they're always they're always there and, and they're always huge too in us you know, going how, how many of those road hockey battles turned into up the driveway into the house and mom and dad had to separate you at dinner time or you fighting over food what was that like must have been a disaster probably every day, <laughs> oh, probably every day. i remember mark chase and steve around the car he must have ran 45 fucking laps around the car to try and get them <laughs> oh, yeah. the, old, the old car decoy right that was the savior for younger brothers right <laughs> The problem is you, you got the hockey stick in your hand, so the automatically when you get so pissed off, that's your weapon, right? So yeah. sooner or later, though, unless you're taking it in the house to bed, there's going to come a reckoning, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Let's tell a little bit about your brother who's not here. What's he like? What's he doing? Uh, Mark, Mark's been a cop for uh, quite some time, uh, but he's also pretty, you know, he's, pr he's pretty involved with hockey still and has been. I mean, I know – He's been like playing police hockey for a long time, and he's probably yeah. one of the best there is in, in the in the police league that they have. And he's pretty big, and you know he's got he's got a uh, he's got a son. I, I have two daughters, but uh, Steve's got uh, Steve's got a daughter. And Mark, right, as of right now, Mark's the only one that has a son, so he's okay. pretty big in his hockey too right now. So he spends a ton. He still spends a ton of time at the rink. Um, but uh, he's so just he, as involved. Is he in Oakville too. also? Yeah, he's in Oakville too. We're all, we're all, he actually lives, you know, I'm, I'm in River Oaks in Oakville. So he's right down the street, a kilometer down nice. the street. Yeah. We're so, yeah. We're, yeah. He's just like us. He's right in there with P3 and, and, yeah. and stuff. And uh, I'd, I'd say me and Steve are a little bit more on the ice involved than Mark spends more time doing um, yeah. administrative work and, and, and stuff like that. But uh it all works out well and yeah he's yeah he's always he's usually around and he's always around and yeah, we're always we're, we're together a fair amount too that's good i mean i think family unity is important and as you guys bring your kids up you know you'll get to share that and uh i think that's something that that's missing in a lot of uh, a lot of homes today and you know just that that family connection so you know having three boys that that uh, grew up in the house arguing fighting playing hockey and pushing each other i think it's um, it's pretty rare these days so uh, that that's cool so let's let's get back to the to the hockey a little bit um jason talk a little bit about so you went on you played in the o uh <laughs> you know played for uh, a buddy of ours mutual friend mike Fuda. Um, and, uh, Mike just was on the, uh, on the podcast. We had a great time and, you know, Mike sends and says, uh, says to say hello. And it's funny how the hockey world, you know, no matter how far apart you are and, and even us who don't even know each other, there's always that three or four degrees of separation that, that somebody knows somebody. It's a, it's a very cool world to be a part of. So, yeah, for sure. We were talking about Rob Honigan last week. <laughs> yeah, Rob, I forgot about our... that too. Even yeah. I are really, really, really tight with him and yeah. you know, we played against him. That, like he, it's just uh yeah, small world and just it's always you know somebody, it's always yeah. it's always always a connection there. Um yeah, the I did I played in the OHL. I, I played two years in the OHL and then I, I went back and played a tier two junior A in in Aurelia yeah. called Ching back when I was twenty. And uh we I with a couple of good friends of mine to this day now. So we had a great fun time back when we were 20, all playing in this, you know, we were done with high school. So it was kind of like hanging out in some small town up North and playing hockey. And we had really, really good years, a lot of fun, a really good, like personal seasons. It was a lot of fun. 
And I went to York University after that. I spent four years at York. And Who was a coach at York when you were there? Uh, Graham Wise is my Graham coach. Graham Wise, still there. Yeah, okay. Colin yeah. Pipes. No, Graham, Graham just retired, but from there, I think he ended up going to Ryerson after he – but he was an unbelievable coach. Like, he was yeah. just an awesome, awesome person, great guy. Yeah. yeah. We, we, got a lot of, we got in a lot of trouble quite a bit back there, and he was always there <laughs> to bail you out. And That's good. He was good. He was fun. Uh, he was a good guy, perfect coach for that. Yeah. For that environment in that league yeah 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 um and then after four years at york i went straight to germany and i played in the dl2 is where i started and then i played in the in the dl for just two seasons and then i pretty much played i was pretty much a full-time like second uh second league so dl2 player and i think as of now i might be second all time in goals scored in that league and that's awesome and so, so i had a pretty good run 13 years all together and i went from 25 to 38 years old and i probably could have done another year or two after just <laughs> for fun but yeah my kids are getting a little old they were both born in germany so they um awesome. they were kind of probably needed to get back especially my older one need to get back here and full-time English and make some friends and kind of yeah. settle down in, in an area. Now, do, you speak, than, do you speak fluent German? No, no, I don't. No, no. I can, I, I get you some words here and there, but. Hey, and I was able to hook up with Chris Hyde, by the way. Oh, were you? Yeah. We, uh, we had a zoom call. So I appreciate that connection. We had a great little chat. So yeah, that was, he was, uh, that he was, was cool good. to connect with him. He was He's a tank. He played boy. He just run guys and he was a hard, hard, person to play against but he was a good player and i know he's doing some same deal. thing as i'm doing so we're, we're collaborating on some things yeah good guy appreciate that yeah, that hook yeah, see how the, it just keeps going right yeah man Small yeah, world. Man. yeah so yeah that's it i mean yeah done settled back here and i i actually played senior a last year for the dundas real mccoys threw it an extra year and they, they were going to host that allen cup last year so right. that was a kind of a good reason like to go play and the arena in Dundas is actually kind of cool. It's, yep. it's it's kind of all renovated and it's a nice, yeah. nice like a nice uh, tight ball, small barn and but just a and it's got a great bar upstairs. <laughs> yeah, Honigan <laughs> sat in that bar a couple times. I yeah, think. yeah, I knew a bunch well, of guys that played for the McCoys a few yeah. years before you did. When I got done, they were trying to get me to go play there, and yeah. uh, but at that time I was just done with it. But uh, I found it pretty fun. Like I found it. Yeah. Like, uh, like pretty fun to get out one day a week and play a game. And yeah. I didn't ever practice. So it was just like yeah. show up, play a game. Sure. And, was, and there's a, a lot of good players. And it, I mean, well, I don't know how it was back in the day, but I you know well, a lot Rick of five was playing there. And uh, JR, who's coaching the, uh, the uh, yeah. uh, Steelheads now as a player, uh, Dan Curry, first rounder to Edmonton. They had a, there was a lot of good guys that were playing in that yeah. league. Sure. Would, got done playing their minor league career, still wanted to play and travel around. And uh, I remember just uh, going out for a couple of skates and I just, I just wasn't into it. So. Yeah, no, it was good. I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would have done it this year. Maybe, maybe not, but yeah. because of this whole uh, disease, COVID, whatever, it's, it's yeah. killing hockey for kids everywhere. And, yeah. and obviously no senior A right now. So yeah. anyways. So how about your brother, Steve? Let's talk a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so for me, I said, well, I'll go back to from Oakville Blades. I think I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story when we sat down, but I think um, me kind of what kind of sparked everything for me was my coach, Frank Carnavalli. It's kind of funny. And, uh, you know, he, he had some time to watch me play throughout my junior career. And then finally my last year, because I was kind of a rat, a rat player, um, 
At least you know how you call it like it is. Everybody's got a role to play, right? You got to get out there and do what you got to do sometimes. So I actually learned more in pro, like that you get kind of solidified into that role. But when I was doing this in Boca, I was kind of a rat. Then my last year, Frankie comes up to me. He's like, Penner, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, go play the game. You can play. Yeah. So anyways, I ended up, so that my final year, I, ended up, I think I led the team in scoring that year. I led the team in scoring that year. My linemate was Ryan Angelo. We had to, you know, we were supposed to go to the same college together because we were playing, we were clicking really well. That didn't work out for me. So I ended up going to RIT, which was, you know, it obviously was the best play because, you know, Wayne Wilson there, he wanted me really bad. He was always calling to see, like, you know, so when that when that happens, there's an interest there. Um, that's that's, a, that's a big point, though, because a lot of kids sometimes, they don't understand that. They, they have a team in mind that they want to go to and they try and push themselves on it. One of the most important things I learned is go where you're wanted. It's so true. So then you think about that. So he's calling me, he wants me, but I'm thinking about this other team that's, you know, might be a better name or they're playing in a better conference or whatever shit it is. So anyways, go there. This guy's playing me like crazy because he's like seeing my actual value. Um, and I'm doing the RIT thing. I went there for two years and then I'm signing my first pro deal, which at the time was the first, I think I might've been, oh, I can't remember now. I might've been like 34 fourth in scoring in, in the nation which is not even too bad out of that school and then uh first guy from rit to sign a pro contract though so that's another thing too so i was the first guy out of the school to sign that which was very lucky and then the next guy after me was chris tanner who's still got a i mean his career right now is through the roof he's doing unbelievable um so yeah i did that um you know when you sign your deal with me in the nhl you end up losing your scholarship uh lost that end up going down to hershey pennsylvania I did four years there. I was maybe I was up and down for two years, very minimal time with the East Coast. And then yeah, I ended up kind of carving a name for myself in Hershey, which at the time now was really tough to do because uh, Hershey and like Chicago Wolves, like these are clubs that get older guys. And for an undrafted player to come in and like steal like older players job, it's it's super tough. So that's where I had to find my role where I can chuck them a little bit here. You know, I had the skills to score, which I learned what I had to do in junior and then, you know, I kind of mixed it all in. And then, you know, obviously it comes with who you play and stuff. So I did the four years in uh, Wash, um, or sorry, under Wash in Hershey. And then I ended up becoming a UFA, which at the time I was like 27 years old. And that's where, you know, my eyes kind of opened up to see what was available out there. And then sure, uh, I ended up going with Vancouver and, you know, ran, ran into some injury problems there. But, you know, that's where I learned where... <laughs> I got some honesty from the people above. I felt like I did, and that was great. And then, you know, I moved on into to Florida and then to Edmonton, and then um, that was my time in North America. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot through all that. We can talk about that. And then I ended up moving to Jer Germany as well, following Jay, and I'm going to play for uh, Red Bull out in Munich. I signed a three-year deal with them, and then, you know, our team was super successful there. We won all three years in a row in, in Munich. And then my last year, I ended up going to Cologne, where I ended up blowing my knee up for good and losing half the year, so I ended up shutting her down. But did you guys play together or play against each other? We never did, no, actually. Never did, never, never did no. Mm -mm. I don't How think far from Germany were you guys from each other? Well, I, I was in, geez, when he was in Munich. Where was I playing? I was playing in Beedingheim when he was in Munich. I don't know. That's got to no, be at least. Played in Regensburg. That was not far. Oh, that was, yeah, that was the last year. That wasn't too far, maybe an hour and a half. That was like an hour and a half away, yeah. I played on like seven different teams, I think, in those 13 years. Uh, I never played against Mark. He, like, I never played against either of them. Oh, is that right, eh? All the all, uh, experience you guys have and never played against each other. 
So I played with Mark in junior. Yep. And then after that, he, that was, that was it. That was right. Then, well, because there's four years between you two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Seven, so it's a little bit of a gap. Yeah. It was tough. You get to the pro level, but yeah. So let's go. So, uh, I mean, Steve, so you, you know, beat all the odds, not drafted junior, not drafted pro signs a contract and, you know, gets a handful of games in the NHL. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, it was crazy. It was, awesome. it was yeah, it was, an, it was an awesome time. Like I feel personally, I could have done more if like, but everybody always says that, like yeah. go back to the opportunity, but it, it obviously works out how it was, but um you know, hopefully you can just go through the process and like maybe click with a couple guys where you play really well with, you know, something that will make, make people that are watching open their eyes to more than just, you know. So, so what do you think, what, what do you think that was for you? What was, what was it that, you, you know, you looking back on it now, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? You say, sure. I could have played a couple more years. You know, Jay, you were saying, yeah, I could have played a couple more years. And we all, I think have that feeling that we where there's still a little bit left in the tank. Right. Yeah. But when you look back at, at your career now, Steve, and you say, okay, you know, what was the defining factor that you think might've been able to, if you could, can you put, can you, pinpoint what it might have been in your game was it your attitude was it the way you approached that it, you know you were able to open up the eyes of of somebody in the nhl to say hey i want to give this guy a shot because yeah. you know you know how hard it is both you guys know how hard it is being an undrafted player trying to get a contract i know what that was like going to a couple of nhl camps you know not having the status of being a drafted player those guys always get first yeah. concessions yeah so you really got to step out and over and above somebody. What was that? So for me, I think, I think my, my honestly, my, I, I played really well in the American league. I knew that. And then I knew when I had, when I got to Vancouver, I was, um, that was my chance. So I knew my, that was my chance. I knew from talking, that was my chance uh, talking to them before signing. They, they, they wanted me. This team wanted me, but now going back, I think my like physical, my condition and stuff wasn't, wasn't good enough for my style of play so with my body set too now because for me i did get the opportunity to play i played some games but i couldn't hold my job because my injuries kind of fucked me over so i'd find myself like i said so i signed in vancouver i'm in training camp i have the job like playing really well and i'm i end up going trying to light, uh, line up that douglas murray there the guy's 250 pounds but with my role of hitting guys and stuff like my body just just couldn't uh, it couldn't deal with that that sure. kind of stuff. So I had to figure out a way how to maybe play play my style maybe smarter or maybe train better that my body can deal with that shit. Because man, now looking at it, like I played well, I had my points were there, the pins were there, but at the end of the day, like I couldn't physically be able to compete at the level with the big boys over an uh, over an extended period of time. I don't know if that makes you know, sense. Share, share a little bit about what that, both you guys, because I mean, Jay, you had, a, you had a pretty extended career over in Europe. For guys to play to the age that you did at 38 in Germany, and, and Steve, how old were you when you retired last year? Yeah, I was 35. 35? I, I mean, guys, that's, you know, a lot, a lot of, I don't know how many guys that you played with that played to that point in their career, but it takes its toll on your body. Yeah. Right. And, you know, uh, I'm not sure exactly how long the, the, the European season is, but you know, it's a grind over here in North America. Well, yeah. So you have to be, and especially today to compete with some of the younger guys that were coming up behind you, you've got to be in shape. It's not come to camp in shape. It's you're there. You have to be in shape all the time. 
for sure. And you think about that now, it's a full-time job. Like it's a literally a 12 month job for these kids to stay in shape. But for us, when we were playing pro and like we go, you go have a game on Friday, Saturday, you go get banged up after whatever. You're not going to go get mix in a workout on Sunday. You know what I mean? But a lot of guys do that now because they need that to compete. But us, it was just different. Like it was a little different. People know that they were involved in it. So yeah, that's, I don't know. That's how I, what do you want to add to that? No, I'm just saying guys, guys can't go get banged up now after a game or before night before a game because someone's going to take a picture of them and post it somewhere anyway so you're fucked yeah, well yeah. you got you got that you got that element too that's a whole yeah, other thing now, right you got to yeah. hide out in your house now anyway so yeah you know i uh, i i knew guys that uh without going into a lot of names but i knew guys that played back in edmonton in the uh, in the glory days when gretzky and messier were still there and you know, thank God they didn't have cameras. I've heard all of the old stories where, you know, everybody thinks that these guys were pristine in the way they conducted themselves. Well, they just had to go that extra mile. And, you know, I know the stories about if they were going out to rip it up one night, they would rent the whole place out, close up the windows, guest list, hire their own security. And there were no cameras, so it didn't matter, right? And then they could just go and blow it out and don't worry about it and show up the next day. No, they no. didn't have to worry about social media. This is a whole other oh, uh, yeah. crock of shit that you got to worry about now with cameras and media and all that kind of stuff. The good yeah. thing about it is it keeps you more focused. Like, I well, mean, yeah. I, like you can't. So, well, you know, there's, there's, I mean, we were allowed to have a, a, I think there's experiences that we were, we took for granted that a lot of the young guys today just won't, won't have the opportunity to. That's, oh, yeah. that's a whole other podcast on a different subject, but. <laughs> yeah. So if we look at the game today, you look back, we're talking about young guys today. You know, each of you have a different perspective on it. You're working with some young players. You, you know, I would I would have to think that, you know, even to your age group and, and compared to me and then the guys, you know, that are coming up behind you guys. A, I look at the kids today. They're bigger, stronger, faster. They're just so talented. What's missing? Is there something missing? Is there a difference in the game? You know, I know the game's changing, it's evolving, but I'd be interested to hear each of your perspectives. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was sitting in my, sitting in the old garage here having a couple suds yesterday afternoon just because I was kind of bored and, and I was watching a Quebec Nordique against the Montreal Canadian game from like 1984 or something like that. And man, I, it was a playoff game, so it had a little extra juice to it, right? But man, I think if you had the chance to actually kill the guy on the other team, like no one would even thought twice. Like they hated each other. <laughs> yeah. And the way that watching that game, if I, if I watch, and I love watching hockey sports in sure. general, like, but like now you watch hockey and it's kind of like how, how, how sick is that guy? Like he's so fast or he's got sick hands, what all this, but man, that, that game that I watched yet, it just happened to be on yesterday. So I was watching it because yeah. nothing on in the middle of the day. And I'm like, these guys, the, the game was more entertaining than any game you'll watch now just because they hated each other so much. So they're not as fast and as big and as skilled and all this shit. It's, it's a one hell of an entertaining game, though, the way that they were. Yeah. Like, the, the actual fucking heart and the love they have for their own team and then the hatred they have for the other team is amazing. But, like, still, but still respectful. Not, yeah, yeah, still, still respectful. Know, off yeah. of the ice, right? And I know that yeah, was yeah. a big part of it because I, you know, that that's shortly right before my career kind of took off. So I, I understand that part of the game. You go on the ice with guys, and I remember playing in the minors. 
fucking hate each other. <laughs> hate each other. And that game's over. You run into it in the bar. The first guys that you're going to have a beer with. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't, I don't, I don't know. Now I'm, I'm sure guys don't like each other here and there now. But I mean, like they really look like they hate each other when they're playing each other, and they will not. There's no smiling or laughing. I don't, I don't know. That that's one thing for me that is a lot different probably when I watch hockey now if, compared to then. Now little kids are, you know, if you're working with ten year olds, eleven year olds, I don't, I have no idea. I don't know if, what the like other than kids want to skate every day as much as they can. Like we didn't play hockey in the summers back when probably you too, you know, we played other sports and shit. Now, you know, if there's ice, people want to use it anytime. It doesn't matter if it's July or August or what, June, July, like they want to skate. They want to try and get better and, and stuff. But, but man, that game yesterday was unreal. What a, what a, that was fun to watch. <laughs> How about you, Steve? What do you, what do you think? You know what? I like that. I like where the game's going. It just uh, all relates back to with my style of the game, the way I play, like the contact. Like you can't take this out of the game. It's too, it makes it super exciting. Like it's, it just makes it exciting. You know, they're obviously driving down fights. That's exciting too for fans. You know, fans love this stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like the next, like you got your top score on your goal. You got your top score on your team. He's, a, he's, a, he's usually a pretty famous guy for the fans. You got your goalies up there. And then your next guy is your, you know, your tough guy. guy. Exactly. So, like, if you take that guy out, it's not really – you can't do it, right? You got to keep the game excited. You got to keep it – you got to keep it honest, too, as well. And, man, guys have to be smarter than just flying around the ice with their heads down. I mean, you can take the head-to-head -head contact. That's fine. Normal. But, like, yeah, hitting's involved. So, um, I like it. The size, the equipment's getting sick. Like, the guys, the training's getting sick. Like, I mean, when you get when you get to ice level and watching these guys at the NHL now, today, like, these guys are ripping around pretty good, making, like, so fast. pretty sick skill plays. Like, and you run down the roster, they're pretty much all doing that, too. So, Well, that just goes to show you how deep the talent pool is now, right? Yeah. I mean, when I was playing, you know, the Europeans were just really starting to come over and play. And I remember playing in the East Coast League, and, and <laughs> my first experience with playing with two Russian guys. We could barely speak English, and they came over, and, you know, they, they put them up in a, in a condo together and you go over there and they, they both showed up typical, like what you would think a Russian in the eighties or the early nineties would look like they get the velour track suits on and they both show up with an Adidas bag with their, all the clothes that they own in it. Right. And those old Adidas bags. Right. And then they, you know, you go into their condo or into their apartment, and, you know, they're, fucking shit's hanging on a line in the living room drying out and you know they're eating caviar sandwiches <laughs> and this is this is what they did and i mean when i was playing nick fatio who's a you know a legendary tough guy was my coach in nashville he put a bounty on their head in practice i'll <laughs> give a hundred dollars to anybody who could knock them off their feet that's this is the kind of stuff that went on it was ridiculous right and guys would run them and they're on our team and you're trying to run them and practice and knock them off. And they had no idea what was going on because they could barely speak English. <laughs> we used to call them itchy and scratchy because we weren't sure if they even showered. Oh. <laughs> but, but, you know, so if you go back now and you look at it, and Jason, you brought it up. You said kids today, this is all they do. They, they play the sport year round. You know, how healthy do you think that is? Is this, are we burning them out too quickly? And, and I know that kind of goes against, you know, P3 and you guys and, and you know, taking advantage of that opportunity yeah, and, and course, coaching yeah. kids. But, but besides that, I mean, you know, we all played other sports in the summertime. I think that contributes to us as being rounded individuals. And I'm not sure that the kids today get to experience that because the parents are putting so much pressure on the kids. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's a totally yeah, that's a topic fuck that you could probably talk a long time about. I don't know, man. Like if the kid loves playing hockey and the kid's at home, he's like, Dad, I wanna go, I wanna go play hockey, then Yeah, so that's another part. If I'm, if I'm a parent, I'd be like, All right, well, let's go play some hockey. Sure. But you know, I wouldn't be a parent's like, hey, little Jimmy, let's go. You're going to hockey right now. Oh, I don't want to go. No, no, we're going. You know, but if the kids, uh, who knows what goes on in houses. But I mean, if the kid wants to freaking go to the rink and play, he's begging the parents, he wants to go play some hockey and the parents can bring him, then I don't well, yeah. care what month it is. But I don't, I don't know. That's, that's, everyone's got probably, probably pretty, you know, pretty mixed opinions about about this question that's been going on for a long time, right? Like it's always good to play other sports for sure, but you can still mix if you can, you know, you can play baseball all summer. That's fine. But you can still mix in a little hockey. If your kid really loves the game and wants to go, then. Well, I think, I think to your point now, if the kid, number one, if the kid wants to be there, that's, that's a big plus. You're not dragging them there. Right. The second yeah. thing is, you know, you almost need to do it to be competitive. Like there's not a lot of kids out there today that can take a whole summer off and be able to show up kind of like being in condition or being conditioned as a, as a pro level athlete. If you're not maintaining those skills through the summer as a, as a young aspiring athlete, do you think that you kind of fall behind? Oh yeah. I'd, I'd be surprised if you found kids playing triple a hockey right now that weren't, weren't skating, skating pretty much yeah. all summer. Right. I mean, house league kids that play for fun a little bit more, maybe not, but I mean, you're not probably not going to find too many high level rep kids yeah. that aren't playing hockey in the summer spring tournaments and, and whatever. I don't know all the facts and all this, but I'd be surprised if most of them weren't because you don't want to lose an edge because you know that pretty much everyone else is right. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think another thing to add to that too, is like how far the kids go in hockey, like say if their team is really sick and they go the extra two and a half months in season, like these guys have been playing for two more months now than these kids before. So when these guys are done, like same, I was in Hershey there, like I told you before, and we won it the two years. So the first year we played 102 games combined to, uh, with playoffs. And the second year we played 101 games. So that's three, that's 203 games in two years. So think about that. And then you got your time off, which is probably three months. So you need a little bit of time to, to give you, to give you excitement when you go and put your gear back on. Yeah. Right. So that little bit of time, like, but then again, now, so say you play in the OHL, you go the distance, you go to the MEM Cup, you win the ship, you come home. Are you going to train that week? Like, are these kids going to train that week? I don't know if that's really that great. Like, there, there's a window of time where you can give yourself, like, some mental healing aside from the game so that you feel energized and refreshed and, like, excited to jump back on the ice. So, well, listen, I, I think there's, there's an argument to make for both sides of it, right? Some guys will look at some of the top athletes, and we use basketball for as an example. Like, you, you look at, at Michael Jordan and these kind of guys. As soon as the season was over, like, they're back in the gym right away. Kobe Bryant, back in the gym the day after it's over. Because if they didn't win, now they're, they're already starting to plan for the next season. Right. Yeah. That's a whole other level of mentality. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that young kids need to do that. And I certainly get it. My midget year, I played 130 games uh, with yeah. the Toronto Red Wings. Now we went as far as you could possibly go. We went to the Air Canada Cup finals. Right. So we and that's including tournaments, games, Ontario or MTHL championships, Ontario championships, Canadian championships, 130 fucking games at 16 years old. You want to talk about burnout at the end of the season. <laughs> that's a lot of time on the ice. It's a lot of time on the ice but so guys so we're you know i appreciate you coming on and doing this we're we're what's next for the pinizado brothers where do you guys see yourselves 
where, where are we going in the next five years, three years, tomorrow? What's it look like? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> well, who knows? Man, I got to be on the ice in the, in, tomorrow, I think. So, I know that. <laughs> no, for me, so I think, I think the business is great. I think for us, the P3, we kind of tackle all aspects. Like Mark's now, he's into the parent part of it because he's been yeah. coaching his son. So, he sees, he sees the parent side of hockey. Jay's been in Europe. He's seen the Europe side. He's playing the OHL. He knows the OHL side. Uh, I know the North American side pro and, you know, a little, I know a little bit of the Europe side. So we kind of bring a huge, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of knowledge for one company to have because of, of, of our experience. But I mean, for that, we'll just continue keeping, uh, keeping P3 going, hopefully continue to work with the Rangers. We got a good little program there. Um, I think for myself, like in, in five, 10 years, I don't really want to say I'm just like solely focused on hockey. You know what I mean? I think it's an ex, it's like a, it's an extra thing that I can add value for kids and coaching and stuff like this, sure. but I don't want to bring like my whole attention to like coaching, head coaching a team. And uh, you know what I mean? Like I like the, I think that's more Jay's route, what he he's looking to do, but <clears throat> you'll obviously stay in hockey too. And yeah, um, give back what you can and, and pursue other adventures. For sure. Absolutely. Sure. Okay, guys, here's the big question. I prepped you for it. <laughs> if your life was a billboard on the road to life, what would it say? <laughs> Man, that's tough. <laughs> um, Steve, Steve, you guys can't see it. Steve leaned way back in his chair when I said, everybody tells you when they're done playing hockey, like enjoy your time. And that's what I say, like enjoy the road because when it's done, you're watching the hockey on the rink. You're like, fuck, I can't. I want to go play. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't say enjoy the road. What's your what's your what's your billboard? Enjoy the road. Enjoy the exactly road. Billboard. Enjoy the road. Enjoy the road. I, I, I'm going to go with keep plugging away. Got it. You know, we wake up in the morning. Alarm goes off at whatever six thirty ish or whatever. You know, I got a couple kids here, and we got to get through the morning, bang it out, and get them all ready for their day and then get ready for my day. And I mean, this whole adulting know, thing, right? It's just the whole parenting and being an adult and then living, I guess, you know, doing all that. But it was like, it was like an old hockey term, you know, just keep plugging boys. So, you know, just keep plugging away and love and, it. You know, all good right now. So just continue this, this, this path is. Yeah. Well, you guys are you're still, you know, you're still doing something that you love to do. You're involved in the game. Um, I think that Oakville is a better uh, organization for having the Pinizzato P3 boys involved working with their young kids. Like you said, lots of experience that you can bring to the table. Um, lots of great stories. I'm sure you guys would be a lot of fun to be on the ice with and, and having that camaraderie with the kids yeah. is, uh, is awesome. So where can we learn more about P3 or each of you guys individually? Where can we find you on social media and uh, websites and whatever? Social media, my name is just Steve Pinizzato and our company is p3hockeyacademy.ca and you know, we're, we're actually on the Oakville Rangers site as well. So if you want to dig into that and, uh, you know, YouTube obviously has a couple clips here and there of some of the loose cannon stuff. Uh, awesome guys. Well, listen, Hey, it was a pleasure uh, meeting you guys a couple of weeks ago. I feel like, you know, we've known each other for years, but that's just the hockey culture, right? It gets, uh, it enables us to, to, to bring everybody back together. Uh, thanks for coming on mindset body bank. I appreciate your time today, guys. And uh, I look forward to uh, keeping track and staying in touch and, and watching all the great things that you guys got going on in the future. All the wow. best to P3 and your families. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks, uh, Robbie.
Well, that was fun inter- interviewing uh, to the two brothers. It's the first time I've had two people on the show. I thought it went pretty well. Uh, great guys, interesting story. I wish them lots of luck with uh, their brother Mark and their continued pursuit of uh, making young players better with the Oakville Rangels. Look them up, P3 Hockey. Um, I'm sure they're doing great things and um, and look for more of these guys. Again, guys, if you like the show, if it made you laugh, cry, or gave you gas, like, share, leave a comment, let people know that um, where you heard it. And uh, until next time, have a great Monday.